0: Are the Eagles a fade in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge? How do you handle Sam Laporta in the chase for $500,000, and what players do you need in your lineup to win that life-changing $500,000 grand prize in the FFPC one more time this year? Plus, the 2023 Fantasy Pros Championship million-dollar grand prize winner, Brendan Gobert is going to drop by to talk about how he built his seven-figure squad, how he spent watching the games in Week 17, how he's going to spend that cash, and much more. We've got a great show for you. It's our FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge Preview. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men when these
1: less <laughs> Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Bultman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture. are we not all our
0: Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I make an FFPC playoff challenge lineup for you to utilize this weekend in the chase for the $500,000 grand prize and more. Um, I'll be honest with you, with that, lineup uh i have submitted the well i mean i haven't submitted it. I, I don't play in the playoff challenge uh, because i work for the company but um i have crafted the lineup and i'm going to let farrell take a look at it as far as what he thinks of it and if any changes need to be made or you can do the same thing at home check it out and if you like part of it use it uh if you don't like any of it don't use any of it or you can tweak it whatever you want to do. Uh, It's all about the FFPC Playoff Challenge tonight, uh, as well as our special guest, who is coming up in about 13 minutes, our 2023 inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship $1 million grand prize winner, Brendan Gobert. He's going to join uh, to talk about his unique draft strategy. When I looked at his draft, I was really surprised at how it turned out and how he built this team. We're going to talk about the two positions that he faded. Uh, in his draft, and much more. That's all coming up uh, here in, in, like I said, about 12 minutes or so. If you want to connect with us on X, do so at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Always check out Farrell's Kentucky fantasy football state championship at KFFSC.com. And don't forget about all the big game, the big game Sunday drafts that are going on at the KFFSC. You can pop on down to Caesars Southern Indiana for the big party. I still hope I'm going to be there. I plan on being there. It's just a matter of me uh, worrying about childcare that weekend. Uh, uh, But I definitely, I participated in the drafts online last year and they're a blast. So hopefully you're checking that out at KFFSC.com, Facebook.com slash HSFF is where you can reach us. Uh, Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for me, for Farrell, for Brendan, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all those questions, tweets, and emails throughout the show tonight. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and of course our producer and mutual friend Rob. Now, um, big night uh, tonight because this is the eve of the kickoff of the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. There is still time to get in. If you're not familiar, what you want to do is go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com. It is a contest that features no draft, no salary cap, and no weekly management. You just choose the 12 players that you want to ride for the duration of the postseason by kickoff on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, and then just watch those points pile up throughout the playoffs. Remember, You can only pick one player per team. Um, And if you're lucky enough to pick two players who are going against each other in the big game, AKA Super Bowl, then you will get double points for those players uh, in the contest as well. You can enter for $35 and win $100,000, or you can enter for $200 and win $500,000. That's the FFPC Playoff Challenge. Enter now, myffpc.com. I think the $200 version, is just over 75% full. And the uh, $35 version is about 85% full. And I always say, you can tweak the lineups all the way up till kickoff. The biggest thing is getting them in the competition right now. So you don't have to worry about a sellout. You can get in tonight and figure out, you know, do all your lineup setting tomorrow. That's the way uh, that I would recommend to do it. I remember to like, subscribe, uh, comment on this video, share it with your friends and enemies and get notified by clicking on the bell. So every time we go live, You're going to know when that is, and you can check out all the great content we have here. I am merely the pilot. I am steering the ship, which I guess would make me the captain, not the pilot. Um, But the guy who really drives the show, the guy who everybody tunes in for is the guy I'm going to bring on right now, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the incomparable Farrell Elliott Farrell. Happy Eve of the NFL playoffs, baby.
2: With an introduction like that, I've now decided that 2024 is going to be my year. So I have uh, <laughs> I feel really good. It's just New Year's Eve all over again. Thank you, Bucky. Nice to see you.
0: Absolutely. It's good to see you, and Happy New Year, too. I forget this is your first show of, of 2024 that you're doing, it so I'm so glad to have you back. You did you did some recon
2: work in Las Vegas last week? I did. It was a short trip, but I got some things done, I uh, and I'm pleased to, uh, that I... Uh, I went. I'm pleased to be home. I don't know when I'm going again. I'm scheduled to be out there Super Bowl week, but we will see. But, you know, but thanks for the plug about our uh, Super Sunday Sweet 16, Balky. We're down to uh, just a few uh, 10 or 12 spots remaining. So we'd love to have some of the... Uh, Listeners jump in before they're all go.
0: Absolutely. KFFSC.com is where to go for that. It always puts me in a good mood. And you know who could probably use uh, being in a good mood right now? A.J. Brown, Farrell. I don't know what's going on with him. He was not at practice today, according to Dave Zangaro. um, And he also removed any mention of the Philadelphia Eagles on his Instagram and deleted his X account entirely. Now, um, while that's all, you know, something that to be concerned about, the biggest thing is the knee injury that he suffered against the cardinals in week eight in the uh, against the Giants. Beg your pardon, and he hasn't practiced since then now we'll find out what happens with the injury report uh the final injury report from the Eagles on Saturday. The problem is for the FFPC playoff challenge, this guy does not play or his team will not play until Monday night. so when you have a situation like that um, is a j Brown a guy that you can look as a contrarian play in the playoff challenge. I'm a little bit nervous of it because there's a very real possibility. He takes a zero because he doesn't play in the Eagles lose.
2: Yeah. You're flat, You're fighting a lot of things here. Availability is the best ability, and you don't know that this guy's bringing it. There's also some issues about the way this team has played overall. And it's, it's what started out as a glorious year and high expectations. The team seemed to go off the cliff here as soon as the month of December came along. And it's, a, it's um a, a real disappointment, um, just to see what's happening here. So, uh, no, Brown is uh, not a play for me in this contest.
0: Does that make? I mean, would you be more likely to 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 pick a guy like Devontae Smith or or um, Dallas Goddard at this point if AJ Brown's a full fade for you?
2: Um, or, think-
0: or or would you just say the hell with the Eagles? I don't want to pick any of them.
2: Uh, that would be my play because I believe that they're. I believe it's problematic, and I believe they are one and done.
0: I think that you are right, and I'm glad I'm doing this show with you and not Terp tonight because Turk <laughs> will probably have a different Obviously. feeling on it. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that when I build my FFPC playoff challenge at the end of the show. Um, you'll see how I handled the Eagles in that. Now, another guy that um, I was really surprised to see the, the evolution of him since week um, 17, Sam Laporta is questionable for the game against the Rams this weekend. Yeah. Um, Hyper extended knee in week 18. And everything we heard from the Lions beat writers, the, the Lions coaches this week, or at least everything I heard and read, was that it, 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 they're hopeful, but it's probably not going to happen. Well, he didn't practice Wednesday. He gets a DNP on Thursday, and then today, a full practice, apparently. So Laporta now has a real chance of, of not only suiting up for the Lions against the Rams, but if the Lions beat the Rams this weekend and they move on, tight end premium format in the FFPC playoff challenge, all of a sudden Laporta has entered the the discussion again, or has he? Does the fact that the Lions have so many other choices, Gibbs, Montgomery, uh, St. Brown, just to name three of them, does that make it, is that just, is it too risky to take Laporta knowing that he could re-injure it or he might be playing hurt? I I tend to lean to the other three guys before Laporta, even with the scoring feral.
2: This is the contrarian play and players that, um, that, that had Laporta on their teams this year, they would they would hate to go very far into this contest without him. And, and he is – I'm seeing some Patriot-esque injury reports coming out of this Detroit team. It, it seems like everyone has a miracle healing late in the week. So um, I'm hopeful. Uh, I love watching this player play. It, 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 but you're right. There are so many opportunities of safer – Healthier players, however, Laporta could be that one difference maker. And when we get down to the Super Bowl, Balky, in this contest, is that game double points for your two remaining players? Absolutely. You know, and so having a tight end and perhaps a quarterback in that setup could be very rewarding. And and so I, I don't like Detroit's of all the matchups. I probably like the the matchup that Detroit has has been foisted on them to be the, the the worst matchup that they possibly could have at this point
0: yeah and and I think um the thing with with Laporta I'm still I'm excited to see him I mean as well I mean I have him on dynasty teams I had him on redraft teams this year super fun to watch uh, the fact that he did all of this as a rookie was awesome but at the same time I also understand that um even if he even if the lines list him as full and he's questionable and he plays still makes me a little bit nervous about how involved in the game plan he'll be Hyperextended knee. That's a tough thing to like get over in in one week. So Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit nervous, but you're right. I think he could be a mega contrarian play here. A guy that we didn't think was going to be a contrarian play prior to the injury. And now all of a sudden he is makes Mm -hmm. this playoff challenge even more fun. And I'll tell you what makes it fun and maddening is the news out of Baltimore that the Ravens have opened up the 21-day practice window for Mark Andrews after that leg injury. Ian Rappaport had this uh, tweet, or as as it is now, X, out uh, today. Andrews back at practice. um, He will not play this weekend, obviously, because none of the Ravens are playing this weekend. The Ravens um, will have the opportunity to bring him off uh, injured reserve. The initial timeline for this injury – had Andrews playing again if the Ravens got deep into the playoffs. Yeah, The first week or the divisional week is not deep into the playoffs. Now, this was a fibula injury. This was an ankle injury on a hip drop tackle way back in week 11. This was a significant injury. Um, If they do get him back, it's exciting because he had 45 catches, 544 yards, and six touchdowns basically in the first half of the season, Farrah. Mm -hmm. The problem for me is in this playoff challenge now, Isaiah likely has looked pretty good, yes. And, and if Andrews comes back, it kind of muddies the waters for both players. So to me, I'm fading both these players, Andrews and likely. If I, if I, if I was in this competition and I was in for like 10 teams or something like that, then all of a sudden, okay, I, I can look at having an Andrews team or maybe a likely team. But for me, like now the Ravens kind of come down to Lamar Jackson or Zay Flowers. I don't really have any interest in the Baltimore tight ends, especially if Andrews comes back.
2: It's true fact, Balky. you are right on top of it. And likely, I, you know, I we begin to look towards 2024 and planet Hollywood and and the main event and you begin to imagine what a def, uh, what what defenders would do with an offense of Andrews and likely um, that's a fascinating uh, idea and I, likely is not uh, received the numbers of receptions that Andrews does in this offense, they've gone other places, but he is a game changer playmaking tight end with a lot of good run after the ball. So when you begin to talk about contrarian play, here's a guy with five touchdowns in the latter part of the year. Mm-hmm. I think two in either the last game or the game before. Um, I don't believe Andrews is a full goal. I believe this is a veteran player, and you see a Super Bowl team, you want to open that window. Just having this player. In the locker room, ready to play on the sideline. He, he's a leader of this team, and that's what they want. I think for this contest, we should look elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. I mean, it'd be it would be fun to have likely on this team. You look, you mentioned it, Farrell, like what he's been able to do since Andrews went down. I mean, he's had games of four for 56, six for 70 in a touchdown, seven for 83 in a touchdown, six for 40. I mean, he's had some really, really good games. And if you want to if you want to roll the dice here, um, I think you could throw likely. And if I was filling out one or two of these lineups in the playoff challenge, likely would not be on either. Uh, he'd be highly unlikely
2: to be on either one of those. <laughs> but, but you are expecting a Baltimore team that heads to the Super Bowl. If, you have, AFC if, Super Bowl if
0: you have Lamar Jackson on your team, yeah, I think you are planning on having the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the Chiefs are going to somehow do it, or this is the Bills' year, or somebody else, then I think Zay Flowers is probably a better play. Or, and I'll tell you this too, um, I was talking with Judd Rosengart and Phil Orban, two of the well, four those guys. guys no, they don't. They won. They won, they won the, the 500K That's last year. What I'm those saying they like, know. And both of them suggested with straight faces that if you want to fade the Ravens, maybe the play is actually one. Justin Tucker, one of the greatest kickers ever in this sport. Maybe he's your play. If you don't believe in the Ravens, I'm just saying that that's another option too. If you wanted to go that way. Um, Let's switch over to the NFC. We have uh, Brendan Gobert uh, warming up in the bullpen here. He's going to come on in just a couple of minutes. Before we get to him, I want to get to James Palmer's report today that uh, the OC for the Bucks, Dave Canales, said that the team needs to find a way to make sure that Mike Evans is getting the ball in the playoffs. Evans, for the first three months of the season, was awesome. However, Chris Godwin is now the awesome receiver in that offense since the start Of December. He's got a 29% target share, does Godwin. Evans is just looking at 19%. This going back to week 12. Evans, over the last two games, six catches, 92 yards, two games combined. That's not great, Bob. Canales says that opposing defenses have really focused on getting Mike Evans out of the game. They're doubling him, sometimes triple covering him as well, which seems to be a little bit overkill. Uh, Baker Mayfield has had some injuries. You could make the case that that's probably preventing him from putting the ball in um, the you know in, in a spot where Mike Evans can make a play, given the downfield threat that he is. Um, Monday night, uh, the Bucs and Eagles will have a rematch of what happened in week three. Evans was targeted on 44% of his routes when Tampa played the Eagles in week three. Now, we'll talk about the Buccaneers here for a second as it relates to Mike Evans. I think that he has the highest ceiling. I think if you go into this contest with no fear and you're only no. looking at the upside, I think Evans is the slam dunk player for Tampa. However, as Alex Korff from Draft Sharks pointed out to me Thursday night, Evans probably has the lowest floor as well. If there's one guy on this team between, and I'm narrowed it down to Evans, Godwin, and Rashad White, there's one guy on the team that has the best chance of also getting a zero or something less than five, it's probably Evans as well. Farrell, when you consider what the what he did against the Eagles early in the season compared to what he is doing right now with Chris Godwin scooping up all these targets, who is the Buccaneer that you like best off this team? Is it Evans? Are you switching to Godwin, or is it Rashad White—the
2: one that's not triple covered? Rashad, <laughs> but I like the passing. Yeah, they're going to have to throw the ball to be successful in these playoffs. And it—we uh, uh, we early on in the year we we talked about this, and I'm in danger of repeating myself, but you know we had we had Godwin as the guy that you could depend on, and Evans as the player that was—it's a new season every week based on. Mayfield's ability to get him the ball they forced the ball to him and Evans with his physical skills and catching ability uh, outside of the catch window made the catches and has been very very impressive I thought Godwin first then Evans as the year went on and that whole thing has been flipped Godwin has finally got uh, Godwin has finally got healthy mm-hmm. um, Mayfield is a, a solid vet whose play, you know, out in Los Angeles was really benefited him, I think. When he, he, what's different about him, I think what he got exposed to as a ram is different about him. But the he will go through the progressions and send the ball to the open receiver, and and that's what Godwin is. Godwin has been the the open receiver closer to the line of scrimmage. So um it it's and and White is White is closed, very very strong, but this ball has got to go through the air. It's going to go through the air to beat the Eagles, and from here, from there, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's either Godwin or Evans for me in this country. Okay.
0: All right, and and I think it kind of like I, and I said this too earlier. Um, if you believe that Tampa beats Philly and they get two games. Maybe Godwin's the play just because he should see more volume. But you could make the case that if they're beating the Eagles, maybe it's because Mike Evans is burning like James Bradbury or something like that. And <laughs> and, and you know what I mean. And like it might. The thing is, in order for Godwin to blow up, he needs a lot of volume. Evans yes. doesn't need that kind no. of volume to blow one, up. One, one catch for fifty
2: versus three catches for thirty. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. You got it right. Uh, let's uh, shift gears here, Farrell, and and bring in uh, tonight's guest. Uh, He is a three-time FFPC league champion, but he's here to talk about a much bigger win tonight. Mm -hmm. Not only did he win the $1 million in the fantasy pros championship by finishing first overall, he also took seventh place overall in the same contest Two uh, top seven teams. Unbelievable accomplishment. You follow him on the X or you should follow him on the X at B Gobert. That's B underscore G O E B E R T. Please welcome onto the show the Fantasy Pros Champion, the newest FFPC millionaire, Mr. Brendan Gobert. Brendan, congratulations and welcome onto the show.
3: Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. Exciting stuff, man.
0: Like You you are the most chill millionaire I've ever seen in my (laughs) life.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure it's sunk in yet, but uh, pretty surreal stuff.
0: So when you are not uh, winning a million dollars playing in the Fantasy Pros Championship, can you tell us what you're doing for a living?
3: Uh, last few years, I, uh, I graduated college in 2014 and then, uh, thank you. And, uh, got my first job a couple years ago and, uh, progressively, and now I do a uh, revenue analytics for a healthcare company. So been doing that. So in the spreadsheets, a lot of the days, uh, but other than that, you know, playing fantasy football, of course, so
0: analytics Maybe. and spreadsheets, Farrell, like. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think I might have an inkling on, on how Brendan got this done. <laughs> Brendan, where is home for
3: you? Uh Western New York, Rochester. About 40 minutes, forty minutes uh west of, or east of Boston. you
2: grew up a Bills fan? No, sir. Well, who are you uh, who are you backing in the early days of football? I grew up a
3: Miami Dolphins fan. Oh, yeah, I love
2: you, baby. yeah, Maybe there you go. So you you, got to love that excitement of uh, South Florida football. Okay, so you roll in to work on Monday after this, or maybe even you took Monday off. But how how do you explain to your fellow analysts who are buried over their spreadsheets and computers? (laughs) how, How do you explain to them? Oh, by the way, look what happened in football this weekend with me. I, how do you break the ice in these conversations? Because it hasn't sunk in with you yet. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know about the coworkers, friends, family, something like that.
3: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, not everybody knows yet. But um, the ones who do know that, I, that I've that uh, i splurged the news with, uh, you just kind of come up with a funny story. Um, you kind of break it to them. They don't believe you. Yes, I, I
2: they don't believe you.
3: I got to show some visual evidence eventually, uh, you know, but it's case by case basis. I think uh, everyone's got their own uh, little way of finding out. But oh,
0: yeah. So in, in the weeks leading up to um, uh, the, the week 17, Brendan, did you tell any friends or family, at, like, what was on the line, say, like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, I I get this fantasy football thing. I'm doing pretty good in it. I got a shot at it. Did you tell anybody about it, or did you just keep that to yourself and just wait to see what happened?
3: Yeah, you know, I I, I was telling people. You know, I had I had uh, I had five teams, and I had one co-managed team with my with my dad.
2: Um, oh, Dad's doing all the talking now. I know where the leak's coming from. <laughs> exactly. doing all the talking. Probably hired a publicist. Exactly.
3: <laughs> um, no, but so I. I won, so I had the I had the two teams that I was following, you know that I saw. But when the con when the when the sprint started, uh, the team that eventually ended up winning, it was I think it started in two hundred something, three hundred something place, and I never thought I would have a chance until uh, the Saturday night game when the Lions and the Cowboys played mm-hmm. in that. The shootout eventually, and Amonra and CD were going back and forth, and CD put up forty. Yeah, and then uh, so I texted a screenshot to a couple of my buddies, and I was like, you know, root for this team, root for all these guys, (laughs) and uh, they did their part. So
2: become cowboy fans all of a sudden. Uh, John Terry, John Terry jumps in there and says, "Don't tell anyone." And, you know, uh, you, you, you see that around the internet now, a lot on uh, Instagram, they say, you know, you keep your, keep your business to yourself, keep, keep private about those things. I think it would be enjoyable to tell people because you can really put together your list of supporters and champions and advocates when you look, you gauge the reaction of everyone. And yeah. I, I think, I think that would be a lot of fun just, just to, uh, just just to gauge that reaction, but I, I tell you, my reaction is very, very pleased uh, to, to know you. won. we we need uh, great young players in, in the FFPC, and uh, you certainly have uh, fulfilled your legend at an early age. We? Okay.
3: Well, it's a great contest. Once I once I found out about it, you know, I've been itching to play it for a couple of years, and finally jumped in last year, and then uh,
0: finally, now you're now you're a millionaire. Unbelievable! It's uh, yeah. yeah. I, Right. I, I, I don't want to compare – I don't want to put a price on, like, what it was like having my first child. Um, but I'll say this. There were times after my son was born um, uh, 11 years ago um, where I would wake up in the middle of the night or I'd wake up in the morning. And I just – I'd think about, it like, oh, my God, I'm a father. You know, uh-huh. where, you spe- where you spend your whole life and you're not a father. And then all of a yeah. sudden, boom, you're all of a sudden a father. I wonder if you had any of those moments over the course of the last couple of weeks, Brendan, where you're laying in bed or you're, you're daydreaming or you're thinking about something or you're focused on work and all of a sudden everything stops and you're just like, my God, I just won a million bucks playing fantasy football. Have you had any of those moments?
3: One, um, <laughs> it was when I went to, you know, I was just, I think I had just gotten back from the store or something one night last week. And, You know, I just logged on to the FFPC app, and my account was bigger.
2: There you go.
3: There you go. Oh, I should uh, I should get that out. So that was was one of first. That's when it first really was just like, okay, that's pretty crazy.
2: A spreadsheet guy, an analyst guy, he wants to see it in black and white. He wants to see the numbers. He wants to see the ink or the digital representation on the page. Okay, so you told us a little bit about how you celebrate. You're an even kill guy. So I imagine you, have you thought about, and, and, and we'll get on to some football questions in a minute, but have you thought about what you're going to do and how you're going to maybe celebrate and what might be a little different in 2024 for you that last February in New York, was February in New York? This one's got a little different feel. So, sure. what's what's going to be happening this year?
3: Um. Well, in terms of celebrating, uh, you know, I I'm not really. It's a cliche answer to say I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we I we really can don't. help
2: you with that, sir. <laughs> can, we'll we'll be able to consult yeah. with that. I do. We'll I, do have one,
3: I do have one idea. Just um, hear here. My brother, my father, and I are pretty big golfers. Uh-huh. Um, so I was thinking, you know, maybe a golf excursion to, you know, not Augusta National or anything. Haven't checked the prices. But, um, you know, one of the – maybe like a Beth Page Black. I'm not sure what the public view mm. on that is. But if, you know, I take a trip down to New York City or something like
2: How that. How about to Scotland? I mean, that's the heritage of your name anyway, isn't it? Not? One of the old course. You yeah, know. you know. Yeah,
3: that – we, play, we actually, we go to the mountain area, Western New York, Adirondacks uh, mm-hmm. every summer, and we played a Lynx course this summer. Let me tell you, it's a lot different than uh, your standard American course. But, yes,
2: sir. And so, you're so. tempted to wear knickers, you know.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: now, yeah, and John, now John, That's now everybody's coming out with their golf suggestions. John Terry mm-hmm. is saying Pebble Beach is where to go. I'll tell you this, um, and you know this being a Western New York guy, Brendan, but if you time it just right, you can come to Whistling Straits in southern Wisconsin that seven days of summer that we get here in Wisconsin. If you time it just right, <laughs> it right. might crack 60 degrees. And so that would be another course you could go to as well. Um, how did you re- remind remind us? Because I, I forgot. Um, where were you at coming into the final week? week 17 um, with those two teams that you were paying attention to, especially the one on that really took off on Saturday night. And then how did you spend, like, where were you watching? Did you even watch the week 17 action? I know some people don't even want to watch it. How did you spend week 17?
3: Yep. So I think I was in, I think the team that eventually won was in just, just like 90th, maybe. Okay. Going into week 17. And then the team that finished seventh, you know, that was way back. I think it was like two, 250, 300. So I wasn't even thinking about that team um, really. And then uh, once the week 17 kicked off, you know, I was just kind of doing some stuff around my apartment and, you know, I had the TV. I was watching the Ravens Dolphins game, which was unfortunate. Of course. Well, Fortunate and unfortunate because I had Lamar on my team, mm-hmm. but uh, once once I I think it was within like the first in it. So once I eventually moved up to 40th after the Saturday night game, or you know around that placing. Uh, so I knew I was like, well, maybe there's a shot to get in the top 10. You know, make a good chunk of change, and uh, then Lamar scored. Kyron scored, uh, and it just kind of started happening. I didn't. I wasn't checking the score uh, where I was going up to until I told myself I was laying on the couch. I was like, I'm not checking until the four o'clock games kick off.
2: Okay, right. that's fair.
3: Because uh, that that entire team was done after the one o'clock games, so I just wanted to know what my score was. Um, and we'll get into the we'll get into a start sit, start start sit decision. I'm sure later on in the show, but that I had on that team, but. Uh, and then I had Ty Chandler on the seventh place team. Mm-hmm. So I was rooting for him at night. I was watching. I knew a couple of guys had Reed and Jones behind me, but uh, they really needed a big game to catch.
2: What was approximately the final spread of points between the championship team and the seventh place team? Do you recall?
3: Uh, I, I could probably first. look that up actually.
2: Valky's right on top of those I'm numbers. Of yeah. He's between a, my teams,
3: I think it was like 40 points maybe.
0: Yeah, well. So, you know, so just Bre- Brendan on that. So the, the team that was in f- that eventually won it um, all those players were done after the one o'clock games on Sunday. Correct.
3: Well, that's uh, as long as I can recall that correctly. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. All
0: right. So now uh, if I'm also remembering correctly, that team put up a two twenty one something like that. in It, the was, week so many,
3: 17- yeah, it was like two so four. But... So
0: here's the thing that I don't, like, what did you see first? Did you see that you were in first place or did you see that you put up a 221 going into those four o'clock games? What number did you see first? And what was your reaction to that?
3: The 221, I checked my yeah. team first. Okay. Um, just to see the number that I was like, that I wasn't thinking I was scoring more than I actually was. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I wasn't going to check the overall leaderboard mm-hmm. um, or my team score. But uh, yeah, I was like, well, that's a good day uh hopefully no one else is doing anything
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah well, that's right you know and and you know if they were doing it they they might have done it uh somewhat in the way you did without tight ends i thought your structure of your team was pretty interesting i'd like to tell i'd like you to tell us uh who you ended up with at tight end but for the first eight rounds you didn't touch that position. That's hard not to pull that trigger on tight end in this contest. I uh, this year I picked Evan Ingram and I was rewarded for it. That That's, was that was the best move that I have made. And as a player, Balky will tell you that I have never been a champion for. Did you just not? Did, did you did you see drop offs and potential tight end play? Could you not finish out the rookies, or did you have your eye? On a guy that was a real bargain as you approached double digits drafting,
3: the guy on my team was one of the guys I was very high on coming into the year. Uh, there was two, you know, everyone says to fade rookie tight ends.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I really liked Kincaid and Laporta uh, mm-hmm. coming into the year. I just thought they had the playing time. Um,
2: and and when did you draft this team? Do you recall? Would do you recall you the draft day of this team?
3: Uh.
0: September was, September 5th, was
3: it? was wow. a couple I days right before the season. Yeah, I yeah okay. it was late.
0: It was late. Um, yeah. So Laporta was your pick in the ninth round. You got another tight end like two rounds after that, I think. I should have it up, and I don't have it up, and I apologize. Uh,
3: I think it was Juwan Johnson, maybe. Juwan Johnson, that's
0: who it was. It was Juwan Johnson, you're right. It didn't so, work
3: out too well. but <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, look, like, Laporta was such a home run, it didn't have yeah. to work out as yeah, well. Um, curiously, as I looked at this team earlier today, You're you're drafting from the 10 spot, um, and in the first 12 rounds, after 12 rounds had gone by, you had one running back on your roster. Wow. You found a way to utilize 11 of your first 12 picks on positions other than running back. Now, that running back was DeAndre Swift. He had a solid season for sure. I want to know, and I know a lot of the viewers want to know, Was this by design? Do you normally avoid running backs? Are you a zero RB guy or did the board just play out this way where you just found a lot of value in receiver? I know you got Lamar Jackson and we already talked about Sam Laporta as well, but can you tell us a little bit as this draft was happening, um, were you purposely avoiding running back or were you finding some, some other values at other positions?
3: Um, I would never say I purposely avoid running back, but I do subscribe to the theory. I don't want to get kicked off the stream for the, anti-zero RB uh, <laughs> people out there. I know it's a fairly hotly debated topic and whatnot. I know that it has its enthusiasts and stuff, but uh, it's a fragile position. It's uh, when there's guys like C.D. Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown available in the first round. It's just hard for me to pass up those guys. Uh, I know it's a, you know, you can start up to four. You only have to start two receivers in this format, but mm-hmm. um but you
0: could start up to four, which you makes you can it start better.
3: up to four wide receivers, which yeah. I know, uh, I had three that were really good all year at least, and having Debo on that team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would never say I avoid running backs. If you know, if Christian McCaffrey was available at the tenth pick, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I was never going to force it. I never mm-hmm. tried to force a pick. You know, just kind of let the board come to me.
0: And there was no panic for you either, right? I mean, I know I know you took some running back. You hit on Kyron Williams late. Congratulations on that. That was yeah. massive. Um, yeah. But you know when you're when if I was drafting that team, after like round three or four, I'd be like, okay, I gotta I gotta get some running backs here. I gotta get some running backs here. Mm-hmm. You just held the course, stayed the course, as George H. W. Bush would say. 1,000 points of light. You stayed the course. Um, and then you got the – um the, you got the – the run. you you started adding some running backs in the latter portion of the draft. But they're, they're clearly – I mean, were you panicked at all? Were you concerned at all that you only had one running back through 12 rounds?
3: If I remember correctly, I think Mostert – I was going to draft Mostert, and I didn't think – I didn't like Mostert coming into the year.
1: Oh, I my thought, goodness.
3: Yeah, as a Dolphins fan, you, even <laughs> – I just did not – you Know, I didn't hate him, but I didn't love him either. Um, yeah, I'm I love pretty, most. pretty sure he might have been drafted right before I picked <sighs> Florida. I'm not sure, I'd have to look at the draft. Oh, I'm, look, I'm,
0: I'm gonna bring it up right now. I'm gonna bring yeah. it up right now. Yeah, I know he was
3: around there, and I was going to draft him, but I'm pretty sure I got sniped on that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and once that happened, uh, I don't know if I went on tilt or if I just said, <laughs> uh, All right, I'm definitely not gonna get like there's. I just didn't like any of the running backs left, and just kind of loaded up on other positions. And,
2: well, I, I really like, uh, you know, I well, here, really here like just just
0: real quick. I, I just found it here. So, so this is interesting because at the nine ten, you did not have you only had one running back, and you had zero tight ends. So at the nine ten, you took Laporta, yep. the guy in the eleven spot, and this had to kill you as as a guy who needed running backs and as a guy who loves his dolphins. The guy in the 11th spot, right after you take Laporta, takes Mostert. Yep, the yeah. Then it comes back in the 10th round and he takes Devon Achan. as I well.
2: I'm glad you beat him. I don't even know who that is, but I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad you you now when you come to Kentucky and play, your team name is going to be only the shadow knows. I, I like this vibe that he's got with the shadows, and and we're gonna get you some room decor. We're gonna send you some some popular yeah, decor. You? we're gonna send you some dolphin related room material there. But you no, got to win and smile, and you know, in the in the old words of Dean Martin from Ocean's Eleven, you went to sleep and kept grinning. So that's the, <laughs> the, that's what you did. The night you won. So. Well, he did. Bulky is he? Maybe some. Maybe John Terry's got some more questions. He's the only well, guy here tonight, along with Rubio.
0: Right. So, so this is good. Well, and I'll tell you this too. I just looked it up. Brendan's, uh, your your top two teams, your first place and your seventh place team, separated by thirty four point six four points. It's Fantastic. In, between those two, and that seven, wow. play, that's you, you put up a two twenty one with the team that won it all. Wow. And then that uh, seventh place team put up a two eleven in the final week. This how many is-
2: teams in this contest, Balky? Uh, what did you have this year? Five. Was it? I had,
3: well, I had five on my own, and then one co. Oh, the co-managed team. one, right?
2: But but how many teams in the overall contest,
0: Fantasy Pros? All of Fantasy Pros. Yeah. Five teams, and then, team. no, right. and then one co-owned team. No,
2: sir. One more time.
0: Yeah. yeah. How many teams? All right, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm totally misunderstood. Get, get out your spreadsheet. Right. i have to get out my spreadsheet. I don't know. I don't know the exact number. I know it did not sell out. My guess uh damn near close. 13, 14,000, 13, 14,000. We got a guy here
2: that was one and seven. Unbelievable. One Unbelievable. and
3: seven. Well, they're they're pretty similar teams. They had pretty similar core core components.
2: Well, uh, you know, you know how to
0: draw them up, man. They both <laughs> they, they
3: both thinking. had both had the amonra cd uh combo
0: do you One remember that where you drafted from from that other from the seventh place team what slot
3: you were uh, probably nine i remember having nine. nine to 12 on like all my address okay so.
2: all
0: right and it worked out for you so congratulations there uh as well yeah let's get into um so john terry uh a guy who has won a boatload of cash uh in in the ffpc did po- post a question in here and it goes with the email that we have that i'm going to ask you now brendan this is from um this is okay. Rich in Hicksville, Ohio. Which Dolphins should I use in the FFPC playoff challenge this weekend, Brendan? And then uh, John Terry, if I can find his, and I'll put it up on the screen if I can find it. John Terry actually went a little bit deeper into this. Um, should we fade all dolphins? They've got the. They're playing in the lowest total of the week. It's going to be zero degrees, maybe minus thirty with the wind chill. They're missing six defensive starters due to injury, and they're playing Tua to low at quarterback. A guy who in cold weather games has been, quite frankly, awful. And, and you know this, Brendan, as, as a Dolphins fan. Um, should we just, in the playoff challenge, would you just get rid of all Dolphins and not play any of them? Or is there one that stands out here that you'd really, if you're going to play a Dolphin, you got to get this guy in your lineup?
3: I definitely think fading all Dolphins is reasonable. Um, I've heard it discussed by a lot of sharp people that, you know, that is a viable strategy for sure. I think it is. It's, you know, it's always hard to fade Tyreek Hill. The guy can put up 40 in negative 40 degree weather. Um, I do think a contrarian way to play it would be a chain because I think he'd be the, or a Chan because I think if the dolphins have any shot of winning this game, he's going to be their best way of doing it in the weather. And, you know, the chiefs, kind of have a leaky run every now and then um, if McDaniel commits to running the ball, you know, he could put up a good score. Uh, I'm only doing one entry. I have Tyreek Hill on my team. <laughs> I think it's very hard to, I just think, you know, I think it's a four and a half point spread the last time I checked. Mm. It could be very low scoring, but Tyreek could have 10 receptions, you know, low scoring. I don't think the Dolphins are going to win the game. But I do think um, I don't like soft fading it really. So I think Tyreek, HN, or if you're bold enough, fade.
0: I think um, that's sage advice. And I don't know, like in Western New York, I don't know how much, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of the Bills mafia surrounding you. So we'll get your opinion on this as well. Um, regardless of how you feel about them and regardless how much you follow them. You do follow the Bills, at least the two games they play against the Dolphins every year. And Jeremy and Kerry, North Carolina, wants to know, hey, Brendan, Josh Allen or James Cook in the FFPC Playoff Challenge, which one would you go with? Congrats on the million bucks. And thank you for the email, Jeremy and Kerry, North Carolina. He narrows it down to Allen or Cook. I think Kincaid would be in the discussion. I think we should bring up Diggs as well. Brendan, how are you handling the
3: Bills in your playoff challenge? Thank you for the congratulations, Jim and Kerry, I think. Um, Jeremy and Carrie. Yep. Jeremy and Carrie. Thank you. Uh, Terry revenge yes.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh,
3: for the bills. Yes. Uh, they're my super bowl pick. I think it's Ooh. their year. So I'm going to play it through Josh Allen. I know, uh, this week's game is calling for about a million feet of snow. And if the, <laughs> if, if, if the, if the wind outside my window right now is anything close to what they're going to get in Buffalo. Wow. Yeah. It could be, a uh, a little low scoring first round game, but you know, four games of Josh Allen and then the two point multiplier. I'm gonna play it through Allen. Um I think a lot of people are gonna play it through Lamar. Um so that's gonna be my little pivot. I know the Ravens will be tough to beat, but I think uh I think it's the Bills year. As yeah. a Dolphins fan, I hate to say that, but I think they're
2: uh I think they're the team this year. The the, the Bonky, we got any more emails? Nope, that's it. That's I, got it a, emails, I, yeah. I got a question. You know, the uh, being commissioner of the league, I hear a lot of stories that, you know, wish I had stories. And it, mm-hmm. there's, there's something, I haven't validated it, but it came from a pretty good source that there was a guy that might have won the FFPC main event if he had started Lamar Jackson instead of Sam Howe. He made a late edition of starting Sam Howe. Here in Kentucky, we, uh, we have a very good player. That had uh, Chiefs running back Pacheco in the lineup for the entire week, but when Saturday night rolled around, he put uh, Pollard in, and that cost him the championship. Making all the right moves is the right thing. You seem to be a very, very cool customer. Was there a move that you might have done that you considered doing <laughs> that that would have that, that would have made the difference? That we'd be talking to somebody else tonight.
3: Yes. Uh, um, I took – so I ended up winning by seven, I think. Mm. Um, And I almost cost myself the eventual million because at 12.58, I put in Isaiah Likely for Jaden Reed. And Jaden Reed outscored Likely by, I think, eight on that Sunday night. Um, And I don't think – I think if I had – lost or finished, you know third or fourth and uh likely wouldn't have done the job i think i don't know how i'd be like sitting here talking mm-hmm. like it would be just a brutal so i'm glad that decision didn't come back to haunt me so i kind of rearrange your question but uh the decision worked out but it could have been real bad yeah you lived
2: bad. in agony you lived in agony for a few hours i even yeah yeah i understand exactly you you ended up
0: winning by about nine and change um and that game you put in you said you put in uh likely
3: yep okay i had, I had jane read in all week and then yeah. I, I said if i'm gonna try and win this i'm gonna go for the baltimore correlation so balky that- you co-
2: you've coined your quote about it don't let me steal it from you <laughs> what's that think what's- long oh yeah yes you're
0: right think long think wrong that's, yes. usually, that's usually the way it works out for me. So Isaiah likely actually did have a pretty good game, yep. um, uh, like points-wise. He actually only caught two passes. Two, two passes. for 42, two but passes. both were touchdowns. Two important 19, uh, so. 19.2, yes, 19.2. Jaden Reed ended up also catching two touchdowns. He went six for 89, two receiving touchdowns. He went 26.9. So you're right. It, it was about a difference of 7.7 um, that, uh, could have separated you from, from a million bucks. Okay. Let's not think about that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that is not
3: pleasant to think. That's, about. That's last week's news. That's
0: last week's news. That's, that's a problem for past you. We're Same. in, pre- we're in present Brendan Gobert right now. Um, right um, let, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, well, I should ask you this real quick. Was there anybody, and I did normally, I checked this and I didn't check it with you. Um, was there a big waiver wire addition that you made throughout the season that 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 carried you that that you were able to plug in for multiple weeks that really helped you out, or was this team really you know made during the draft?
3: Uh, well, I started Kyron Williams from week one,
2: mm-hmm. so
3: that was definitely made during the draft. But likely was a pickup. Um, okay, I believe he was a pickup. I used I didn't use him every week, but because um, I had Laporta, obviously. Mm-hmm. but, you know, tight end premium, you're going to use did you, did,
2: you, did you pick him up before the Andrews injury? Could you see that, or did you go spend some money after Andrews went down? Hard to remember. I'd have to look,
3: but I might have picked him up before the injury. I think you
0: did. Um, November 22nd is when you picked him up.
3: Yeah. Like I liked him going to the year. I just thought he was pretty good. At, I thought he would have a bigger role than he actually did. To start Me too. The year. But, um, and then once Andrew's gone down, obviously he was going to step into a big role. Uh, so, kind of lucked out on that. But, you know. Do
0: you have a player? Because we're going to have the never too early best ball, which I, I didn't mention on this show, the never too early best ball tournament actually already filled its first league. It starts in a week, um, a slow draft there. So, we're going to have best ball drafts popping off here in the next week or so. Um, Where uh, many players are already looking forward to drafting for 2024. Brendan, I don't know if you've um look to 2024 at all but is there a player uh that you are excited about this year that uh that you want to be in on uh in a lot of your drafts and then is there also a player that you're like you know what i know he had a big 2023 or a lot of people are thinking he's gonna have a big 2024 and i'm off of him are any are there any players at this point in the season in mid-january that that would fit either of those descriptors
3: probably um Player that I'd probably be lower on, unfortunately, because uh, he just won me a good chunk of money is probably Kyron. <laughs> honestly, uh, he's gonna take. He's gonna be a first round pick, uh, yeah, undoubtedly. And you know that backfield. You know, I mean, it was Cam Akers coming into the year. It was, it, you never really know with McVay. Um. So, as much as I appreciate Kyron Williams and like Kyron Williams, I don't know how much of him I would have next year um player i'm going to be high on a lot of it depends on coaching and you know what teams do in the draft but i'll give you two guys i'll give you uh early round pick probably garrett wilson i just think uh he's an absolute stud if rogers comes back healthier and whatnot um i think he could contend for overall wide receiver one honestly and then uh probably rashi rice Really like, yeah, you know, really like Rashi Rice, you know, growing into, he was playing full time now. He's gonna, Kelsey getting older.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally with. You. I mean that Rasheed Rice was basically like a, a top twelve receiver. Um, for, for the last month of the season, you know, based on what he was doing. So it, I, I think we've got our answer for the next good Kansas City receiver. I don't know about great, but next good Kansas City receiver is going to be Rasheed Rice. Um, John Terry also chiming in. Are you going to go to Vegas moving up to the main event in 2024? And I could tell JT that you already played in the main event this year, Brendan. It was online. Would you be thinking about maybe bringing your dad out to Las Vegas, drafting a team in the main event? uh in the FFPC live next year.
3: Thinking about it this year. So yeah, I played in the main event this year because I got the uh I won the won the league last year and I used that free entry redeemed thing. So won it this year and then so I'm gonna play the main event next year. I redeemed my prize for the free entry. Um and, it was yeah. very
2: important that you won that free entry this year too. By the way. <laughs> we wanted you, you know, to make sure you had that in line. Uh,
3: I like <laughs> the structure of having the five uh, fantasy teams and then kind of the main main mm-hmm. event team. You know, I I like that structure. It's not too yeah, much. I'll
2: be picking you up at the airport in Las Vegas around, okay. or around September six or 7th. Yes. Yeah. So. You know, let's go. You know,
3: I've never been to Vegas. I've always wanted to go to Vegas, so yeah. it might be the year to might be the year to check that out. It, yes, it, it, it,
0: It'd be a good reason to go for sure. Did you, um, what did your dad, um, when you, did you tell your dad, was he following it when, when you won the million, what was his reaction?
3: He was the first one to know. I, I called him before the Packers Vikings game that Sunday night. I asked him, uh, how much he liked Aaron Jones as a person. <laughs> and he said, uh, why? And I was like, well, <laughs> as long as he doesn't score 37 PPR points, you know, we're going to, we're gonna celebrate. So, <laughs> what did you good.
0: did Did you do anything that night after the Packers Vikings game? Laughed. <laughs> just, just Told laugh. you, Bonky, He kept winning. Right? Yeah, John yeah,
2: Terry don't. says he'll have a limo. This man doesn't ride in limos. He yeah. doesn't need that. He's the Warren Buffett. Yeah. For the yeah. FNPC. he yeah. doesn't ride in limos. For God's sakes, John Terry.
0: Yeah. It was. Goodness. Um, we touched on this and Farrell must steal this last question. We touched on this earlier, um, with with the golf thing, taking taking your brother and your dad on on a golf excursion, which I think is a tremendous way to utilize this money. Mm -hmm. Over the course of now you've you've had this, you know, you've known about having this money for about a week and a half or so. Has anything else um popped in your head? You're like, you know, I always wanted this or I always wanted that, and now, I'm going to have this extra spending cash to, to go ahead and get it. Is there anything else besides the golf trip that you've thought about?
3: Just not really, not for myself. I know I'm going to do something for my mom. I don't know what I'm going to do. She doesn't know yet. She doesn't <laughs> she, know yet.
0: If she's watching tonight, she'll know now.
3: <laughs> she, she will. I should have sent her, I should have sent her the link. <laughs> but she but can always watch it later, too. Maybe she's a secret uh, FFPC grinder. Mm-hmm. And, could listens to, listen to the podcast and they, so contact me but
0: they pop out uh out of everywhere this time of
2: Mother's year. Mother's Day once a week in 2020. Yeah, uh, there you go. There he's
0: a, a big
3: dog person. Maybe I'll get her a dog house or something.
0: Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. That that would be a good uh, good way to do it. Um there will be a lot of people if you do come to Vegas, if you do ch- decide to make that choice, Brendan, There's me a lot of people that'll want to meet you obviously winning the million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Until then, We will follow you on the X at B underscore Gobert. That's B underscore G-O-E-B-E-R-T. And listen, dude, congratulations. Well-deserved. Thank you. Um, You are um, incredibly calm tonight. I think we are going to dub you the Chillionaire because you are are incredibly calm with with knowing that you got this seven figures uh, coming your way. Uh, Incredible stuff on a fantastic season, first and seventh place. Uh, Unbelievable. Um, and we will be rooting for you to do it again next year because that would be an incredible story as well. Hopefully we'll see you in Vegas. It was great seeing you tonight. Be good, dude. Thanks so much for joining the show, and have a tremendous 2024.
3: Thank you, guys. Good luck the rest of the year. Thanks for having me.
0: You got it. That is Brendan Gobert, ladies and gentlemen, the million-dollar winner mm. in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Hopping aboard the high-stakes fantasy football. Oh, thank you. Good guy. Good guy. Smart guy. Um, the Chillionaire, yeah. who wouldn't like him? So this is the first time in, in history that we've had on back-to-back oh. million-dollar winners mm-hmm. on the show, and what a tremendous uh, night to do it. And and the the thing is now we don't have a whole lot of time to go over my playoff challenge roster. So here's yeah, what I want to do, Farrell. I want to okay. present it to you. I, I know I put it on the rundown, so you should be able to see it, but I I'm going to tell, tell the listeners what I have here. Okay. Now, over the course of the week, I have formed a playoff challenge lineup with uh, Judd Rosengart and Phil Orban, the, the two dudes, uh, two of the four dudes who won it last year, along with Stephen Aarons and Tim Hall. We did that on Tuesday night. Uh, last night, I did one with Alex Core from Draft Sharks. We formulated one. And then uh, earlier this afternoon, I did a show with Andrew Cooper, um, the, the uh, fantasy fiasco show on Fantasy Alarm uh, YouTube. We formulated another lineup there. I feel like I have the best of everything, or perhaps the worst of everything, mm-hmm. in this lineup tonight. So here's the committee team. This is not. This is not a committee team. This is. I I didn't even enter this. This is not, to my knowledge, this team has not been entered in in the FFPC playoff challenge. Um, this is what I put together here. Um, my quarterback is Brock Purdy. It's my pivot off of Christian McCaffrey. So I had McCaffrey on those other three teams, and I wanted to do something different here. So Purdy mm-hmm. is what I have here. Running backs will be. Uh, I have uh, four of them. Going with James Cook from Buffalo, again, a Josh Allen pivot. I'm going with Rashad White as my Buccaneer. I'm going with David Montgomery in Detroit over Jameer Gibbs, over Monroe St. Brown. And then the guy who helped Brendan Gilbert win a million bucks, Kyron Williams, will be my fourth running back. So Cook, sure. White, Montgomery, and Williams. Receivers. Yeah, I have a few. I have four of those as well. I think four. Four. Yeah. Rashid Rice in Kansas City. No Mahomes for me. No Kelsey for me going with Rashid Rice. Um, Zay Flowers, my pivot from Lamar Jackson. You say, Balky, I think you're getting too contrarian, and you might be right. But Rasheed Rice, Zay you, Flowers. You, you
2: can only pivot from a quarterback once. You keep well, okay. saying you're, you're pivoting right. You're right. from the yeah. quarterback. Okay. You only use one quarterback. Good, good Your point. pivot was exhausted with McCaffrey. You're um, pivoting from someone else. Now I'm just picking players. I'm not no, you just, yeah. a, you're, you're, a, a you're pick, not, not a pivot. That's pivot. a good point.
0: So Rashid Rice and Zay Flowers are uh, my two receivers are my two of my four receivers. The other ones, Ceedee lamb cannot get away from him. Nope. And then uh, Nico Collins in Houston. Mm-hmm. So a couple of uh, Texas receivers there, lamb and Collins. I only have one tight end, which surprised me when I put this together. I thought mm-hmm. I'd have more than one, but David and Joku is my oh, only geez. tight end. I'm going with Jake Elliott from the Eagles. So a soft fade there. And then the Miami dolphins for lack of better options. I'm betting on the weather picking the battered Dolphins defense as my defense. So there there you go, Farrell. Purdy, Cook, White, Montgomery, Williams, Flowers, Rice, Lamb, Collins, and Joku, Elliott, and the Dolphins. What do you think? You
2: should keep the same teams at Houston and Cleveland, and you should flip. And you should get uh, Cooper in your lineup at receiver, removing Collins, and you should uh, get my beloved tight end who has had a late-season renaissance. Uh, Dalton Schultz and, and put him in at the tight end. And the only reason I say that is is because both those players excelled uh, towards the end of the season when these teams, um, uh, when these teams went head to head and it, 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 Cooper has shown the ability to put up a 40 point game. So even in a losing opportunity, he could give you two games worth of production and uh, Collins is fantastic, but, uh, I I think you should. I I think you need a tight end that will go deeper into the contest. And I see Houston winning that game with a big, a chaser game from Cooper. That's the only thing I would change in this lineup. Everything else to me makes sense.
0: Well, I have officially changed it, and now it is the HSFF Hour entry here: Ernie Cook White. Uh, Montgomery, Kyron Williams. Yes, sorry, uh, Barney Newkirk, who is chiming in on Facebook. Uh, uh, Or no, not Barney Newkirk. It is uh, Chris Milliken on YouTube. No Puka Nakua. No, no Puka Nakua on this. Uh, Receivers, Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Tight end will be Dalton Schultz. Kickers, Jake Elliott. Defense are the Miami Dolphins. And, by the way, John Terry, Balky not taking a Packer? No, I'm not taking a Packer. Because as much as I hope the Packers win, I don't believe they will. Um, they now fun fact, they have never lost an AT&T stadium, which is kind of weird to think about Aaron Jones has been running through Cowboys fans, nightmares, uh, for the last several years, but the Packers defense is the Packers defense. I don't think that they can stop. I don't even think they can slow down CD lamb, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stop him. And I think Pollard has a good day as well. I think the Cowboys win this by double digits, but it's still a tremendous season for Green Bay. I'll be pulling for him. I don't see it happening, which was why I'm fading. The two teams I faded here were the Packers and the Steelers, the two sevens. In,
2: in answer to John Terry, Chris Milliken, and our beloved Barney Newkirk, uh, this this is why you end up with four or five teams. Those, <laughs> questions, those questions are what leads you to have. You know, teams and, in this and, and,
0: and, and, and uh, so I'm very on brand here. So I'm, yes, I'm, yes, I'm putting out there a, a team. For everybody to pick apart and say, "Well, if that's your team, you better get another one." Well, <laughs> there's spots
2: available. Oh, we saying. got a re- we got a request here. We we have a, requ- a very a request where I would have to come very chalky about it from um, uh, Mr. Terry.
0: What something John about, Terry said something
2: about Super Bowl weekend.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I see it here. I missed it before. Um, Super Bowl predictions. So I. Um, I guess the eve of the playoffs we can pick our who we think is going to be in it. Um I well okay, let's go with um in honor of Chris Berman. I'm going to say the Bills and the Niners get there. And I'm going to say the Niners win that game 29 to 23 in the Super Bowl. I'll say wow. Niners 29, Bills really 23.
2: Unbearable. There you go. Uh, I'm very chalky. I have the Niners and the Ravens, and I clearly think they're the best teams. Uh, I absolutely love the quarterback at the Niners, who who, with all those tools uh, on that offense, knows how to distribute the ball, knows how to make them happy. I will trust his arm and his decision-making process in the Super Bowl over Lamar's pure athleticism but I'm calling these two these two chalky teams in the Super Bowl with an overtime game that will lead us to uh, enjoy football even more as we go into mm-hmm. 2020.
0: Absolutely, and what better place to watch that than at Caesar Southern Indiana. You can sign up right now, kffsc.com. Get in those drafts with those spots uh, that are still available, and you can watch it draft teams and then watch the Super Bowl in style there. It's going to be a blast, kffsc.com. Uh, Farrell, so good to have you back on the show. I know it's only been one week, but it always seems longer. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate you. I uh, hope you enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk with you again next week, man.
2: See you soon, buddy.
0: You got it. That's Farrell Elliott, the co- definitive commissioner of fantasy football here my co-host with the most on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I do want to thank him. I want to thank Brendan Gobert, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you watching, streaming, downloading, whatever you're doing. We appreciate it. Uh, The HSFFOR will be back next Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, we will uh, have another great guest for you. Nothing booked yet, but I promise you I will get somebody on. In case you missed Tuesday's RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown, this is a good one to rewatch prior to submitting your lineups. We had the 2022, 2023 world famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, $500,000 winners, Judd Rosengarten, Phil Orban, on. Uh, we put together a lineup there uh, uh, on the air. We also uh, went really deep into a lot of these teams. So I would highly recommend checking that out on the FFPC socials, the RotoViz podcast feed. Uh, you can check that out and watch that or listen to it prior to submitting your lineups. Uh, the show will return this Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. It's our season eight finale. Bill McCall, the seventh place finisher in the FFPC uh, Playoff Challenge 2 last year. He's going to join me and we'll probably throw together a divisional playoff lineup there on that show as well. Uh, You can watch last night's high stakes fantasy football show on the better sports network on any of their socials um, or the FFPC social media channels. It was myself and draft sharks, Alex Korff. This is another, uh, program where we spent a lot of time on the playoff challenge we spent a half hour on the nfc we spent a half hour in the afc and we spent a half hour mulling over the best lineup to throw together and i think we did a good job on that so check that out and rewatch it in case you missed that this coming thursday at seven o'clock until nine we'll go live again with the 33rd team's kevin wheeler so wheeler will be back on the show it's going to be cool to have him back on as well uh final reminder the ffpc playoff challenge is here two great contests, same format. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. You choose the 12 players that you want to ride throughout the entire postseason. Once they are locked in, they are locked in. You don't have to mess around with it at all. It's a fantastic competition and I hope you join it. $500,000 at stake in the $200 entry, $100,000 at stake in the $35 entry. The uh, $100,000 contest is about 85% full The $500,000 contest is about 75% full. I'd have to check my numbers. I think that's pacing ahead of last year. So make sure that you are registering, getting those teams in, and submitting those lineups prior to kickoff at 4.30 tomorrow. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on it, and then share it with your friends and enemies. Get notified every time we go live so you will never miss any of the FFPC content when we bring on some of the FFPC's best players like Brendan Gobert and uh, hopefully help you become a better high-stakes fantasy football player as well. Get those playoff challenge lineups in. Your weekend officially starts now.
1: This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week.
0: I was talking with Andrew Cooper today on on the the Fantasy Fiasco show, and he brought to my attention that there were, when he was looking over the numbers from last year, there were teams that entered but never entered a, a lineup in it. Um, which is really unfortunate because if you enter the contest, make sure you enter players in your lineup. Uh, the one sure way to lose is to not enter a lineup at all. So once you register those teams, make sure you're putting lineups in as well. That is my humble uh, plea to you tonight here in the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. It's uh, one of the best times of the year, and we get a big-time super wild card weekend with six games. Uh, and, and hopefully this will be the kickoff for one of you to be winning $500,000 as well when you sign up for the playoff challenge at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll talk with you next Friday.